Welcome everyone to the Ramen in Japan podcast episode 9. My name is Sebastian aka Nama Japan and I'm here today with Brian aka Mr. Ramen Adventures. Welcome. What's going on? Yeah, happy to have you on the podcast, finally. Yeah, coming to you straight from Ishigaki Island in Okinawa. Oh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, I have some work in uh, at main Okinawa Island on Saturday. So I thought, well, I'll fly down here, check out Ishigaki for a few days, and then go work on Saturday, spend a few days in Okinawa Island, and then head back. So yeah, I'm just kind of chilling here by myself, rent a little scooter, cruising around, eating mediocre yayama soba, and uh, yeah, just enjoying the weather. It's 27 degrees today. Nice. So you need like a little bit of a break from uh, Big Tokyo and the ramen festivals? Yeah, right. I mean, this big ramen festival finished, and yeah, I need a little bit of a break from, from all these bowls. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that one. I mean, right now is or was the ramen festival season. There were a couple of festivals at the same time, but you mainly focused on the Daitsukemenhaku in Shinjuku, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, actually, the ramen, or the ramen fest, is that what they're calling it now? The other one, the one in Komazawa? I forget, because they're, they're calling both of them kind of weird different names now, so I don't know what to call them. But uh, the, the one in Komazawa, the big one, I was literally gone. I was in Kyushu. For the entire week that it was going on so i didn't really have a chance to check it out but you went uh, quite a bit to the, the other one the daitsuke menhaku and uh, you were streaming on twitch most of the time yeah i went to the skehaku oh man how many times did i go i don't know how many days i went but i had 39 bowls of ramen there over the month so 39 out of 101 if i remember correctly 39 out of 101. So, you know, I was gone for for those 10 days and then I was gone for like another weekend. So, you know, I missed, I missed about, a, I missed probably half of the possibilities, but yeah, 39 bowls was a lot. <laughs> That's a pretty good number. I think my maximum was like uh, around 15 or so. That was like maybe 2019, I think the, the year before COVID. Uh, 15 or maybe 20. I'm, I don't think I hit 20. But, but, you know, I made a rule this year. I said only two bowls a day. So I'd go for lunch, I'd have two bowls, and then uh, I'd, like, go home. I wouldn't eat dinner most of the days. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't eat three bowls unless, like, it was, you know, some circumstances required it. But generally, yeah, I stuck to two bowls a day, taking the healthy option. So the bowls are regular sized and um, basically then there is no other uh, big difference from what you get in a regular ramen shop. Or would you say like there are some differences, there is something that you maybe see there that you wouldn't normally see in a regular ramen shop? Well, I mean, to be honest, the bowls, they're, they're plastic bowls. So the ramen is extremely degraded by the time you get it back to your seat. And, you know, you pick it up and then you walk back to your seat. So you're looking at like one or two minutes after getting your ramen put into this plastic bowl. And to, to be honest, like the quality of the ramen, of the ramen with soup. Uh, and this is this has been my case for all ramen festivals. Uh, I think it's always, you know, definitely 
a few notches below what you get in the actual shop. Yeah, I think that's also my experience. Um, you you can't really expect to get the same level, but it's it's more interesting like to really try stuff that's a little bit out there, like in terms of uh, ramen shop that you maybe don't have access to probably ever because it's just like somewhere deep, deep, deep in uh, the backwoods of Japan. Or uh, sometimes they have special balls that they probably never serve again because they don't make sense normally. Have you ever had, uh, have you had this time any bowl that would really stood out that you would say like, oh, that was really worth going for? I mean, the I think it was, I think it might have been the most popular bowl at the festival, but there was a 1970s style Akata ramen. So like a, an old school Tonkotsu ramen from this Kyushu shop called, uh, which one was it? Komaya? And yeah, they did this old school one. And uh, actually, I didn't want to eat it because, you know, it wasn't really my jam. Kind of kind of stinky. And, and I was already crushing a few different uh, scamming bowls that day. But I was streaming on YouTube and someone just sent me the, uh, the super chat. So they just sent me 10 bucks. I said, go get it. And I said, all right, fine, I'll go get it. And so, yeah, uh, tried that one. It was definitely interesting. It was everything funky about Tonkotsu Ramen times about 10. Oh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a rough bowl. It's a bowl that you want to drink, that you want to eat and drink after getting really drunk. You want to, This is like a 2 a.m. ramen bowl, not a uh, 11 a.m. bowl of ramen. Do you know like any places in and around Tokyo that would serve something similar or adjacent? one shop and maybe you know the name of it i can't remember the name it's it's near yo yogi it's it's right near the watering hole i think we've met there a few times for beers on the other side of the street and it's kind of a um, it, it's like a descendant of nanden kanden and nanden kanden was like a stinky bowl in tokyo back in the day until they closed but yeah this is like a nanden kanden style one I can't remember the name right now. It's on the same side of the street as as Gamshara, as the the ginger shoyu ramen place right on that street. Yeah, I can't remember. Man. Maybe maybe you know. Um, I mean, I can quickly try to look it up. Um, yeah, I can I can look it look it on Google Maps right now. <laughs> but it's a it's a rough bowl because it's just like you know with with tonkotsu ramen with this Kyushu style. A lot of the shops they really stink but then the ramen itself is actually like edible mm -hmm. but then some of these like the ramen itself it's just it's just funky man i mean what comes to mind for me just what i had not too far in the past was uh turakichiya there's a EAK uh bowl but also it's um when you when you walk towards it it already from you know a good bit away it starts smelling like you know some really old cheese and then you walk in and it just hits you like a truck it's a uh, it's amazing and I, I understand there will be a lot of people who go like man that's not that's not good <laughs> that smells rancid it smells really bad but if you're in the mood for it and if you like it if you're into it it's like eating this really really old piece of stinky cheese and it's just so good 
I mean, I I really like funky tonkotsu. And I always, recently I'm always disappointed if I get like those clean tonkotsu balls where all the funk is removed. And I think that's what you would maybe call like a modern tonkotsu, where they use like all kinds of techniques to like clean that up, get the funk out, and so on. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm on the funky side of yep. life. I got the name it Goten Goten Sendagaya. Goten Sendagaya. It's like a, a white tonkotsu. Uh, nah. I mean, it's it's a stinky brown thing. I don't know. I just I went maybe I went last year or something. And to be honest, it was hard. It was a tough one. It was tough. It, every every bowl. I mean, you should try it if you like that stinky style, man. Because this was definitely uh, the rankest one I had in uh, in all of Tokyo, and probably it was even a little bit more ranked than stuff I get in Kyushu. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you you be the judge. It sounds a little bit like there was a bowl I had um, near Osaka, near uh, not far from Rock and Belly Super One. Uh, it's called Butano Hoshi, and they serve something that's like uh, the purest pork concentrate that you can imagine. And you see the guy like he breaks up every minute or so, like he takes out a small hammer, breaks another like genkotsu, like those what do you call them, the femur bones pork femur bones yeah, and throws a in. fresh one in and immediately starts serving from there so you got like this absolute fresh <laughs> pork funk uh, in your bowl yeah that's uh that's an interesting one have you been to butano hoshi yeah, he's a legend he's from the he's from the butepo group oh okay that makes sense yeah super friendly guy too I had a, a small chat with him <laughs> i don't yep. think that during covid he probably did not see that many foreigners out there so he yeah, was quite not. curious. Yeah, Magasaki is like is like the ramen mecca, man. It's crazy, or the ramen. It's like a ramen go-to place now. Crazy. There's so many good shops there in Amagasaki, Yogo of all places. Wonder why? Is that like a big ramen city in general, or was it always that way? I don't know, man. I mean, well, it's real convenient. You know, you can get there from Central Osaka in like 20 minutes. You can get there from Yogo, Kyoto. Right? It's long main train lines i don't know i don't know yeah it's weird maybe um yeah shimazaki-san and his rocking billy super one had like a kind of magnet effect on other shops yeah right i mean who who knows but i mean butanohoshi is completely different style than than rocking billy super one with that refined shoyu oh yeah absolutely i mean it's basically like pork sludge all right and uh, yeah, then let's get a little bit into uh, the rhythm of what we've eaten recently. Um, usually we start with uh, the last bowl of ramen that you have eaten recently. Considered ramen. That's the question I have for you. Yayama soba, like a kind of Okinawan soki soba, uh, cause the cousin of soki soba. Is soki soba ramen? Maybe let's take a moment and talk about the difference between ramen and okinawa soba or yayama soba or soki soba because i think all of those are kind of the same ish similar at least do you know the, what exactly the differences are you, you know but then uh, where where do you draw the line right i mean is udon is udon ramen then i mean we wouldn't i don't think we either of us would say ramen or udon is ramen no completely different things but you know soki soba it's more closely related to an udon 
Right. And so th- that's what I'm trying to, you know, get out <laughs> out of you. Like, do you know the differences right. between... Well, okay. So what soki soba is, it's, a, it's this Okinawan-style noodle soup dish. And the noodles are made with only flour and water. So there's no konsui in them, as far as I know. And the soup is usually like a really light kind of fish broth. And then it's, for some reason, this sort of light deal is topped with the fattest piece of, of soki, which is, which is stewed um, pork tendon meat. Is that right? I think it depends on where you go, but it, it could also be like this kind of uh, small ribs things where they, they take out the ribs. Right. So it's like this heavy meat deal on top. And usually people, that's like the highlight for most people. The piece of meat on the top, this tender, delicious, meld in your mouth, stewed pork. But uh, yeah, the noodles are, they're a little flimsy. You know, they don't have the conflict to hold them together. And the soup is generally like a pretty low flavor, like a very light, fishy. Some people might use chicken in the broth. I don't know. I got to do my research on soki soba. Yeah, but so let's then count this one out. I think the, yeah, also my experience with, with Okinawa soba and soki soba and yayama soba, I think depending on where you go, what it's topped with, it's called a little bit differently, but so it's it's relatively same or even yeah yeah quite similar at least uh, wherever you go it's not a lot of variety and uh, i think the only thing that kind of makes it interesting is that you have this uh, koregusu um, condiment that uh, you're supposed to add i mean some people like it some people don't and uh, it's um what is it made of this uh, local liquor that they have there with then those super small that's, that's the awamori uh, with the with the oh, chili in it, right yes exactly so you have this the small bottles brutal. it's so spicy and in awamori uh, has like this um really distinct flavor and i would not necessarily call it delicious <laughs> but uh it, it with the chilies it kind of adds something to the 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 okinawa soba the soki soba that like without it, yeah. it, it, I don't know, it doesn't have enough punch for me. But you add just the right amount of that and you go, oh yeah, that's nice. That's pretty good. But if you add too much, then yeah. Awamori is a type of shochu made from uh, Thai long grain rice. And it's generally like a lot higher in alcohol percentage than, than other shochus. So it's getting closer up to like a vodka level. And yeah, it's very brutal stuff, but they just soak these chilies in it and make this hot sauce. But you got to be careful because it's not like regular hot sauce where you can just tip the bottle over and, it, and like a couple drops come out. It's basically like a bottle of liquor. So if you pour it over, you're pouring in like two shots of spicy liquor. And first of all, it's going to be way too spicy. And second of all, you are going to get, you're going to get drunk at lunch without <laughs> wanting to. Exactly. So then let's let's talk about the last real bowl of ramen that you had. Last real bowl, man. I went to Fuji. <laughs> I hadn't been there in so long. I went back to Fuji. Yeah, let's uh let's hear a little bit about that one then. What can you tell us about Fuji? You know, I heard that they sold off Fuji to uh 
who is it, to some, uh, some group. It's the same group that does, eh, oh man, what are the names? It, uh, it's some Abrasoba, Abrasoba Do, is that right? Abrasoba Do and, and uh, some Jiro style one that. Oh, with the Butayama? Butayama, is that? Yes. So oh, those, yeah, two, yeah. those two brands, and then I think they have like two or three other brands, and now they have Fuji under their under this sort of uh, corporate ramen group that is trying to open 1,000 ramen shops in Japan and 1,000 ramen shops overseas. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, but I forgot what the name is. But they also, I think their most popular one is this EAK um, ramen shop that they have. I'm not sure what it's called, but it definitely yeah, it has like EAK, Yokohama EAK something something Mach, Machida Shoten, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's like a it's an EAK place, but they're like distancing themselves from the EAK name with it. I did some PR thing for them, and they were like, uh, "Actually, you can't say EAK without ramen. You have to say." It was was it Machida Shokudo? Machida I think Machida Shoten. Machida Shoten, that's it. And they were like, yeah, please say the style that's Machida Shoten style. Like, okay, gotcha. Right, so they have like Butayama and now Funji. Okay, so they already have like seven, eight hundred stores, uh, which is quite impressive. Yeah, they want to get to a thousand and they want to do a thousand overseas. That's their, that's their goal. Ambitious. And I, th I think you can actually invest in them. Like they're... Um, their statements, financial statements and whatnot are, are all online. Like you can look into their investment strategy. It's, it's quite interesting. Like their whole concept of opening, like they have for every store, they have like own strategy, like open, for example, um, they open Butayama in like regions where there's just like for a couple of stations in any direction, there's no Jiro style shop, right? So they're basically like getting all the business, um, from the surrounding area um oh they're and, jumping into the dead zone yes exactly and that's what they're doing with all of their shops they're they're really like covering those uh, those dead zones where there's just nothing and like some stations they have literally zero ramen shops uh, next to them and that's where they move in and sometimes they open even like two of their shops because basically if you have like uh a Jiro style shop and then an Abura Soba shop, they don't necessarily compete with each other um, yeah, for the same people. So yeah, they they move into those uh, niches and uh, it's, uh, it appears to be a quite well-functioning uh, recipe for success. There you go. It's the opposite of a Magasaki where you have all these incredible ramen shops jammed into one area and then you have these guys who are like, let's go where there's zero competition. Exactly. Right. So have you noticed any differences? I mean, what, what does Funji serve? I have been once, but well, let's let's hear it for the listeners. So Funji does a, a skamen. They're one of the original skamen, like the, you know, not tonkotsu yokai. They do a hori python yokai skamen, but it's the mega thick soup, uh, it up with the fish powder to make it extra thick. And... They have this crazy long line. It goes through the store, up the stairs, across the street, and there's this little tiny park. And when the line is really long, it 
make the curve into the park. But the line actually moves really fast. And you'll notice that when you get inside, yeah, so Fuinji, you're either going to love it or hate it. Their system, you're either going to love it or hate it, depending what kind of diner you are. You wait this huge line. But then the last part of the line, you literally stand right behind the people who are eating. So the giant counter with maybe 14 seats or so, maybe 12 or 14 seats. And the line is directly behind people. So when you're eating, there's someone like breathing down your neck behind you. And, you know, if you're stressed out that, you know, someone's watching you and someone's like in their head wishing that you'd hurry up and finish so that they can sit down and eat. Yeah, that's that type of place. Yeah, there's a couple of places that does that uh, do something similar. I remember Butaboshi, for example, also a Jiro-style place. They ha also have this kind of system where they have people line up directly behind behind uh, the people eating. So yeah, uh, not for everyone. But it's a great it's a great bowl. It's a place that the tourism radar is heavy on. So the line especially when Chinese tourism opens up again, the line is like massive and it's all, it's like at least half tourists, if not more. So compared to your previous visits, did you notice like any difference in quality since they got sold off? Well, you know what? It was the same master and his wife working there for like 13 or 14 years. And they're gone now. So it's all new staff. Um, I noticed that the sort of hospitality level went down a little bit. You know, the guy who for originally ran it, he used to work in hospitality, like in hotels or something like that. And he was just really, you know, he was firm. He kept that line moving, but he always felt welcome. You know, it was always, uh, I don't know, it just, it was, it felt smooth, rushed, yet smooth at the same time. But now, like, the staff, they were kind of yelling at me. Like I was uh, explaining, I was with some guys who don't speak, uh, they don't speak Japanese, some Russian guys. And, you know, the staff is like yelling at me, like, I'm like, yo, hold on. I have to explain to them about the ordering because you can choose what size you want. And I don't know. They were just like a little bit off-putting. And uh, this payment was, was fine. Um, you know, I think I've had that bowl like over a hundred times. So oh, was that part of your ramen tours in the past? I used to I used to do ramen tours there a lot if they were if we were in Shinjuku, but you know now that now that the master's not there anymore, I think Fuji uh, is not going to be on my on my tour list anymore. All right, interesting. Yeah, good to know. Um, I haven't been there in years, probably the last time, two thousand eighteen or so. So it's uh, yeah, I, I was aware that the lines are had gotten. Uh, ridiculous but um there's so many other tsukumen shops to try in between but actually i wanted to go back there uh sometime soon but maybe uh not so much now <laughs> well there'll, there'll be a uh, a fuji skamen shop at any station that doesn't have skamen coming soon potentially yeah potentially that's a, a thing that could happen i mean there's something happening like that for example with hayashida as well hayashida and hosenka they're also doing kind of a similar thing where they move in with uh, really high quality shoyu ramen and then hosenka with the fish ramen. It's a different group, but kind of same concept. I mean, I'm I'm for it. I mean, more great ramen all over the place. All right, then let me maybe share my last bowl that I had. Um, 
And yeah, I'm not know. sure if you have been there. So there's a new shop in Nakameguro called Koi Dorobo. Have you heard about no, that I've one? I've not been there. No. So it actually, it's part of Shinasobaya. So the super famous one um, that, uh, what was his name again? Sanosan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, unfortunately he passed away, but his uh, wife is, um, yeah, she's continuing his legacy. And yeah, they opened this uh, shop or it at least belongs um, to their group uh, called Koidorobo. Um, which is, um, what would you translate that to? Uh, love robbery. Koi adorable, like love thief? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, love robbery, love thief. And uh, it's actually quite nice. I would say, like, their specialty, like, what makes their balls super Instagrammable. Well, you, I guess you have to do these days. They have, like, small pieces of, I'm not sure if it was uh, fish cake or whatever, but uh, some small pieces um, in uh, a heart shape that are on top of your bowl. So like in the future, if you see like those small heart shaped thingies, usually they put like two on them, uh, of them on top of your bowl, you know, like, okay, it's Koidoro bowl in Nakamiguro. Okay, I'm in, I'll check it out. And yeah, it's uh, it's right under the train tracks of the Toyoko line. And um, it's this super fancy, super nice, clean shop, like very high quality interior really fits like the the posh nakameguro crowd like the crowd with with money <laughs> and oh, nice. uh, yeah they they serve like this uh, high-end um sh yeah i would say like shina soba style uh shina sobaya style uh chuka soba just very very refined on a super high level uh shio and shoyu ramen what i have to say though it's quite pricey i mean for the oh, tokusei yeah? They're asking for 1,600 yen. How much? 1,600. Oh, one, 1,600? Okay. Yeah. That's definitely so think, up there, but that's the norm yeah. these days. I mean, the only other shop that I know that asks for this much for their Tokusei is, I think, Honda in Akihabara. Yes. But other than that, I'm not sure if Breakbeats is also already there, but, you know, Breakbeats, they could also take 2,000 and it would still be a steal. I think at least. Uh, Breakbeats. Yeah, I think a lot of these places may get up to 2000 pretty soon with the current kind of financial thing that's going on with Japan. I think uh, I think prices may <laughs> make it up there. I think we'll see a 2000 yen bowl uh, maybe even before the year is over. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> I like my bowls cheap. Well, a lot of them, you know, they, they make the tokusei. Like they, they get away with it by making a super special tokusei bowl. So the regular bowl is 1,200 yen, and then you do 800 yen's worth of toppings. Uh, you get away with it. That's 2,000. Right, right. I mean, there is there was this uh, Kanekatsu. I think they also had like, uh, in total, it was like 2,000. But then it was like this Iberico pork. There was like this, I don't know, three types of chashu. It's like almost like a, a barbecue plate on top of your uh, bowl of ramen. And you go like, okay. I mean, I don't mind paying 2,000 yen for that because the meat alone makes it worth it. Well, you know what? I had, I, had another, I had another bowl recently that, depending on how you do your math, was a 12,000 yen bowl. Where, where was that? In Fukuoka. Of all places. It was actually a, a ramen course menu. 
So it was a full, it was an entire gourmet course that at a ramen shop. Okay, where can people find that? Okay, this place is kind of new. It's called Mento Soup, and it's ah, in Fukuoka. It's a little bit, it's a little bit out of the city center, but you know, by by the subway, not too far. But it is a former chef from a really high end. I believe it had Michelin stars. I don't know. It was, it was like Kabe Log, really highly ranked. It was world's fifty best restaurant at one time. It was this restaurant called Go. It was called La Maison de Nature Go, something like that. And that restaurant closed. So one of their sous chefs, he opened up a ramen shop called Mento Soup, this guy Ando-san. And what happened was he started getting mails and messages from regular customers of the fine dining restaurant saying, hey, Ando-san, you know how you're making ramen at lunch? Can you make me like a special course? You know, like the kind of food you used to make for dinner? So that's what he started doing. Now he does ramen for lunch. And dinner is like a by appointment only reservation system where you get a full gourmet course. And at the end of it is, is a, bowl of, uh, a bowl of ramen. The famous Shimeno ramen. The famous Shimeno ramen. Except the Shimeno ramen was like a full bowl it was actually a little bit wow. too much food because <laughs> you have a, i wrote down a few things that we had we had a, an abalone spring roll with uh with abalone liver butter we had wagyu with kimchi we had a, a lobster risotto we had uh maguro we had tuna from oma like the, the best tuna in japan we, there was a smoked duck dish where instead of smoking the duck he smokes the entire room and then serves you the duck <laughs> it was wild and then yeah and, and there were a couple other dishes i can't remember oh there's an egg he serves you like a ramen egg with a with a little what is it like a syringe of flavor oil that you inject into the egg and eat yeah it's wild and then at the end you get a, a massive bowl of of ramen And how much uh, does that uh, set you back? Well, when I was there, uh, he said it would normally be like eight or nine thousand yen. But then someone went there a couple days ago, and they told me it cost them twelve thousand yen. So, yeah, your mileage may vary. I think he switches the ingredients like every day, so the price is kind of uh, who knows. But from eight thousand yen and up. All right. Sounds like something to check out next time in Kyushu, in Fukuoka. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic, though. Like, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it's only like four or five seats. Fantastic. Well, then, uh, let's move on to uh, our next segment. And that would sure. be a bowl that you would like to highlight from the last couple of weeks, months, days. I mean, you, you kind of highlighted one already, but I'll, I'll give you another one. Okay, you know what it, you know what it is. Uh, I was talking about this 1970s style, uh, 1970s style akata ramen. Mm -hmm. That to me was like a little bit too much. Well, when I was in Fukuoka, I met up with the master there, Mr. Takada-san, and we went. I went back there after drinking. So we went out to eat. We we ate wagyu. We got really smashed. And then we went to their shop 
at like 11 at night and had the ramen there and it was it was stellar it was stellar and that's the what's the name of the place again oh the name of the shop komaya 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 k-o-m-a-y-a and that's in uh, fukuoka or where was that exactly in fukuoka it's uh, it's not in like downtown hakata area but it's maybe like a four or five stops on the subway north all right lots of tips for people going to fukuoka anything that you know you need to get there or what's uh, what's to know about the shop actually one guy we were with ordered a special bowl that is apparently it's like off menu but it was just noodles and soup and then they put in extra like extra scum from the top of the from the top of the pot like they oh, skimmed off some some pork scum, put that on the top, and then they put a raw egg in the middle. No topping, no negi, no chashu, just noodles, the raw egg, and then scummy soup. And uh, after drinking a lot, I had a few bites of it. It was so good. It was really nice. I mean, that breaks like all the conventions of, you know, what we know about making soup, making ramen, you know, skim, skim the shit off the, the, the top, you know, Gotta gotta make that clean. And here, <laughs> they take the scum as an ingredient for this super special, you know, uh, cl like closing ramen bowl. You know, that's just ultra funky. I mean, I gotta I gotta admit, you you have to either either love it or hate it. I'm I'm sure that's not a, something for everyone. Yeah, go drinking beforehand and then try that bowl. Do not try that bowl. Do not wake up and go straight to that bowl. It was uh, it was not something I would want to have sober. Right, but other than that, you know the 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 noodles and so on were like typical, like what you know from Hakata style, or just yep. was it overall? Oh different? yeah, yeah, very very typical shop. And their regular bowl is you know it's your standard Hakata style tonkotsu, thin noodles, thinly sliced chashu, little negi, good stuff. But on the funky side of things. Uh, actually, the shop was not that funky. It was the 70s style one that they did just for the, just for the Skehaku, just for the ramen festival. That was the funky one. So the shop itself, you know, they got some techniques to keep the funk down. All right. Okay. That's interesting. So you can't actually get this super funky bowl. You might have to ask for extra scum if you want it a little bit more funky. Yeah. The 1970s style one, uh, you're, uh, you're. 40 years too late or 50 years right yeah 50 years you're 50 years too late ah that was uh that was close <laughs> well uh i mean we, we already mentioned a couple of alternatives if people want to go for funky ones so i think um yeah they'll they'll find their spot to go then um yeah let me let me share you my bowl that i would like to highlight and i think that's a it's an interesting one because it's um It's actually a ramen chain that when I when I put it uh, into my story on Instagram, it actually got quite a few reactions that I did not expect. Um, I, I'm not sure if I had uh, if I ever had like this many reactions to anything that I had posted in my stories, and that was uh, gyoza no osho. Okay. So I, you're you're probably aware uh, it's a place that's there? everywhere. Yes, they do. And uh, probably, I, I mean, more, more famous for their 
Gyoza. I mean, it, because it's in the name, and the name translates to uh, Gyoza King, roughly. Yeah, but they do have a, a, a full ramen menu. And they have like this one bowl that I got. Oh, man. I, I, I now forget the the name again. But it's something like... Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. So it's like this Tantanmen style concoction that is but more like in a in a spice ramen way with like lots of garlic you get like a, a bunch of nita on top uh it's like yeah very garlicky kind of like spicy and uh in a also like a little bit numbing way and it, it it's just this this weird thing is like you you know it's like not a it's not a great bowl of ramen just in a sense of you know refined thing but it's it's so satisfying to eat it. It's just so good. And it costs like, it costs nothing. I don't know, like six, 700 yen or something like that. You get like a ton of food for that. And then you can order some gyoza on the side. And then the, the gyoza at Oshan are just like those really big, thick gyoza. You, you look at them and you go like, oh yeah, that's what a gyoza must look like or should look like. And uh, they, they have like... Um, which ones I can recommend are like the, the ultra garlic uh, gyoza. So they, they pump in some extra garlic in those. And you get also for like very little money, you get a lot of gyoza. And then going there also after a night of drinking or like just for dinner or whatever, get like a, a heap of gyoza. If you go with friends, like everybody gets like gyoza, they put it all on one plate. So you have like this mountain of gyoza in the middle <laughs> and everybody has their there are balls and it's like, I don't know, just a little bit over a thousand yen and you, you have to be rolled out of that place. And there's there's like 700 locations of those uh, all over Japan. So, um, yeah. And after I posted this, I got so many reactions from people like, oh, yeah, that was my favorite place, my local place um, and good memories. And uh, yes, yeah, so a lot of people have very, very positive um memories of gyoza no Oshan. so I, I thought maybe I'll, I'll put that out here give a little bit of shout out to uh yeah the, this this place that people seem to love what's uh what's your opinion on gyoza yeah, everybody, no Oshan? everybody's got memories going there that that place is like it's classic it's so cheap gyoza's fire yeah i get it i understand why people would be hyped about that post yeah definitely um I was also surprised, like when I went, I, I expected it to be like, mm. I mean, there's a couple of these chains where you, you have the ramen, you have their girls and go like, oh, you know, it's all right. But uh, um, I uh, I think that people only come here because it's cheap. But yeah, with girls on Ocean, I was really surprised, like how good it actually was, how satisfied I was afterwards. And, uh, you know, if you are a billionaire, uh, you have a billion dollars. Uh, gyoza no Oshan is actually publicly traded. So you can buy yourself uh, the king of gyoza if you have exactly a billion dollars. You've been reading all these financial sheets from uh, from ramen companies, huh? Yeah, I mean, I did study business. I mean, it has to be good for something, right? Yeah, so that was uh, that was my bowl that I wanted to, or bowl and, and shop that I wanted to highlight. Let's move into what's coming. Uh, do you have any plans? What are your next things that are coming up? Oh, man, I don't know. 
I kind of, to be honest, I kind of burned out a little bit during this uh, Skehaku, during this Brahman festival. It's going almost every day I was in Tokyo. I'd roll up there at 11 a.m., get two bowls, and uh, it was a bit, it was a bit much. I kind of, I think I need a little bit of a break. I need to slow down things. And also this last year, I've been traveling a lot for ramen. You know, I've been trying to get this, this uh, Tabelog Chakume 10 list out of the way. I'm at 295 out of 300, so I have five shops left. Oh wow! Um, I don't know. I uh, I I thought you know I'd be able to get close to finishing. I thought I could maybe get to 299 before. Well, the new list is going to come out any day now. Like it may even be out today, but basically it came out November 20th of last year. So this year, yeah, the new. Top 100, which is actually 300 ramen shops in Japan list, comes out every year. Time to start hunting again. So then, uh, you yeah, think like there will be a lot of changes in those in those lists? Yeah. So what this list is, it's it's from Tabe Log, which is kind of the it's just the the restaurant. I mean, people compare it to Yelp because they know what Yelp is, but it's like Yelp if Yelp actually worked well, and uh, it's only restaurants. And, and bars, but they do a curated top 100 list called the Hyakume 10, literally means like the famous 100 shops. And for ramen, because there's so many, they do 100 in Tokyo and then 100 east and 100 west. So a total of 300 shops. And I'd say each of the lists gets about 15 to 20 changes every year. So You know, I'll have to check it out. There's a good chance I've been to most of the new additions in Tokyo. Uh, as far as the east and the west, I don't know. I've been to a lot of ramen shops, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what my number goes down to. But 2023, I'll, I'll definitely uh, finish this list. All right, fantastic. And then um, any specific ramen shop that you have in mind, maybe that you're, you're going to in the next couple of days, weeks? Like besides all uh, the other plants, um, yeah. Well, there's one that is. Uh, I gotta look at the name. There, one of the uh, the five left that I have on this list. Well, I do. I really want to go to uh, what is it? Uh, Sarazen is that the name of it? Oh, Sarazen in Kamakura. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to go there for so long, but such a weird like system. Like you have to reserve, and then. You know, it's only weekends, and I'm working on a lot of weekends, so it's been a challenge, man. I'm checking their Twitter, like, a couple times a week, trying to get that spot. Yeah, actually, I talked with the Ramen Mistress a couple of episodes ago about exactly this yeah. spot. So, yeah, if anyone is curious, uh, maybe give that episode a listen. We talked a little yeah. bit about the owner, uh, the ex-AKB girl that turned into a ramen chef. So it's quite interesting. There's a... A few things going on in the rumor world uh, about this shop. Yeah, I'm interested. But barring that one, the one I really want to go to in Kanagawa is called Efu. Efu. Yeah, it's it's one of these top. It's one of these Yakume Ten uh, called Efu, and it's in oh uh, man, where is it? Uh, um, it's near Okurayama. Oh, it's near Tsunashima Station. Oh, that's not too bad. 
not too bad, but they have like weird, they have weird opening hours and then they were randomly closed for like a, like a month or something. And yeah, yeah. So it's one of these that I've just, every time I want to go there, I check and it's not open or I go down there when they're supposed to be open and they're just closed. So yeah, that one is heavy on my list. Not too far. I just got to wake up early. I think it's a lunch only spot. You know, the lunch only spot you got to. Yeah, it is. It's from 11.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Closed on Tuesdays, but that's just what Google says. Who knows? With these shops, you really got to check their Twitter for, for the uh, actual information. Yeah, that always makes it difficult when it's uh, lunch only and then hmm, you only have like one shot per day and then randomly they also close and so on. Yeah, it's, uh, that's troublesome. But you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you're almost there. Maybe you can uh, make it happen before <laughs> the new list comes out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, I have a feeling that new list is going to be out any day now. So, yep. All right. I mean, where can we find you and your, you know, uh, the the filling of the last couple of uh, ramen spots? Maybe share a little bit of your projects that you have. Sure. Well, as always, RobinAdventures.com. That's the, the thing I put most of my effort into. And uh, we're only one year and, and two months backdated on that. So I'm currently writing reviews for shops that I went to back in 2021. 20, <laughs> But, uh, you know, hopefully over the Christmas break, I'll, I'll do a nice, uh, well, we'll get caught up, not caught up, but we'll get, we'll get closer to current with that. Uh, Ramen Adventures YouTube channel. I have a couple of videos coming out soon. Stay tuned for those. Of course, Instagram, Ramen Adventures. And I'm also on Twitch. So I'm Ramen Adventures on Twitch. I do live streaming uh, around Japan. The live streaming's a little, it's a little different vibe, you know. I often do get ramen, but, you know, ramen is like a 10-minute activity. And when you stream for four hours, Yeah, if you're not there for the 10 minutes I'm eating ramen, sorry. Now you get to watch me just walking around. All right. So uh, walk and uh, eat a ramen sometimes kind of stream. But if you want to see a little bit of Japan, I guess that's the kind of stream you want to tune into. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, live streaming is more like you just jump in and, and, and chat. Like, I mean, it's different than like a YouTube video where you're trying to really you know show something in particular. With live streaming, you know, it's just, just about having fun. And it's a weird vibe, but I kind of enjoy it, especially when I'm traveling solo, when I'm by myself. Bring the streaming gear and just kind of chat with people from around the world while I, while I walk around. And then I think one thing that uh, I want to add is you also have a Discord. I think if uh, people want to yeah, be made aware of um, your stream going up, then they can get a notification on your Discord. I think there's always this yes. small announcement uh, when you go That's online. That's right. I do. I, you can't do Twitch without having a Discord. So, yeah, I do have a Discord channel and that has go live notifications. And I also, you know, I just I chat on there. And if you have any questions about ramen or Japan in general, please ask me on Discord. That way it could be a sort of public public forum as opposed to just sending me DMs on, uh, on Instagram, which is what you know, we get that a lot. What's your best? What's the best ramen in Japan? Yeah, please ask me on Discord. <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll uh, keep that question for the next episode uh, where I bring you on, 
and uh, oh maybe we'll God. we'll answer that one. <laughs> what is the best ramen? <laughs> Love that question. The best I, ramen I, I also get that quite a lot. Actually, I wrote uh, an article on uh, my website about exactly this question. Where now I send everybody who who asks me that, I'll send exactly to this one post where uh, I talk a little bit about like why there's no best ramen, and then I actually I give them a small list, and then you know also ways how they can find out for themselves like where to find shops where to find recommendations and actually your account is mentioned there like just ask this guy in on instagram oh, shoot him you. a message <laughs> yeah right just send this guy a dm i thought you were gonna say you send them all to zero Honten. oh That's yeah zero Honten, baby go there i, I should mosh, i mosh. should do that <laughs> mushy mushy all the way yeah that's what i should do you get more jororians that way Oh, I'm not sure. I think we would have a clean split down the middle. Uh, people who uh, get turn completely turned off ramen forever and the others who just completely devolve into Jirorians, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, man. Then thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure. And yeah, we'll uh, for sure have you on again in the future for this continuous uh, discussion that is the Ramen in Japan podcast. And yeah, for now, to the listeners out there, uh, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast. If there is a, a way to leave a rating, then do that. Maybe share this with a friend, uh, some ramen nerd that you know, maybe some, you know, weeaboo who uh, should get a new hobby other than anime and manga. And maybe join the Ramen Network Discord as well. And other than you know when, when you're already joining the uh, ramen adventures discord and yeah <laughs> you can also find me on uh, youtube nama japan uh, instagram nama japan tv and uh, yeah i think uh, i have a couple of other things as well so you just type in nama japan and google and uh, you'll find me and yeah that's all for today again thank you very much brian hey, you're welcome and uh, to everybody out there, talk to you soon.